Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is, well, I don't know what episode it is, but because we are in the countdown to Halloween, which means I'm going to be putting out a show every single day, marathon style, and I'm recording them out of order. So you figure it out. <laughs> anyway, this episode we're going to be looking at the Fun House Massacre from 2016 because I wanted to do a special focus for these countdown episodes. I want to focus on horror movies that actually take place on Halloween and preferably at a haunted attraction. And this movie scores both. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Let's listen to the trailer. Okay, okay. Dahmer and Bundy and Gacy, they're just the ones that got all the press. We house the ones that you whisper about around the campfire. Let's give the boys a tour of their new playground. It looks like a killer scene tonight here at the Macon County Funhouse. We're making crowd control. That is right, Dr. David. People are literally losing their heads to get in here tonight. Not scared. Massacre is the story of these six happy-go-lucky, I guess, college students who are attending their local haunted house attraction on Halloween night. Except they picked the wrong night to go. Because, you see, this particular haunted house has a theme. Each of the rooms is based on the killings 
and crime sprees of six of the world's most deadliest serial killers. And that's this wrestler dude who killed one too many people in a ring, a guy who was taxidermying people, this handsome, charming dentist, your Ted Bundy type, a preacher who was responsible for one of the largest mass suicides in world history, a cannibal chef, and a lady known as Stitchface, who would sew up the eyes and mouths of her victims after she slashed their throats. Okay, well, that's pretty creepy, but why is it the wrong night to go? Well, it just so happens by an incredible coincidence that these six mass-murdering crazy killer people just happen to be residing at the Secret Asylum, which is also in this town. And unfortunately, they got broken out, and they're taking over the funhouse tonight. And, well, it's their night to play. Okay, while this movie has a lot going for it, it's got... Some cameos from your, some of your favorite people from horror. You got Robert Englund in there, but you know, don't get to attach him. He's dead before the credits. You've got Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn is the guy who owns the haunted house, and you've got the creepiest kid brother in history, Clint Howard, playing the taxidermist psycho killer dude. Visually, the movie's pretty cool. But I just can't get behind this one because the Funhouse Massacre, unfortunately, is one of those horror comedies that just misses on both counts. At no point is it scary, is no point is it suspenseful, and the humor is so heavy-handed and awkwardly timed that not only do the jokes fall flat, but they just ruin whatever tense situation you were trying to set up in the first place. There came a point in the movie where I just wanted everybody to now die just so that they'd stop cracking jokes. I started to get worried rather early in the movie because there's a scene before the kids go to the house. They all work at the same diner. And our main dude has this scene with a cranky customer that is literally Doctor Who's on first. It's a Who's on first routine, but with Doctor Who. And, okay, that was terrible. Well, it's early in the movie, and there was no indication before this that the movie was going the comic route. And we're a good 20 minutes in at this point. So this was sticking out like a Thor, a Thor, a Thor thumb, a Thor thumb, a Thor thumb is what I'm trying to say. But I thought maybe it was an anomaly. Nope, not an anomaly. This was a harbinger of terrible things to come. I know that it is a very fine tightrope that you walk when you're attempting to do a horror comedy. And unfortunately, Funhouse Massacre just goes whoop right over the side and there's no net. Yes, there's tons and tons of kills in it. There's rarely a dull moment, but that kind of is also the problem. Since it's generic guests of the haunted house who are getting knocked out off for the most part, you're meeting people for five seconds and then gory death on to the next one. That's fine if you're in for quantity over quality, but I f was just rather disappointed in the serial killers themselves. There's not a heck of a lot of personality or originality going on with them. It's lots of Freddy Krueger one-liners or in the instance of the Ted Bundy handsome charming 
dentist, he pretty much is reduced to just going, <laughs> even the preacher who caused the mass suicide, there was opportunity here. This is a person I would think would not want to get their hands dirty. He has people do his dirty work for him or gets them to do it to themselves. I kind of wanted to see this guy when he's preaching to the crowds that have gathered at the funhouse that think he's part of the act. I want to see him, see him, you know, get them to do something awful, rile them up. To, but it didn't happen. And, you know, neither here nor there. Just missed opportunities. And, you know, the cannibal chef. Well, here's the other problem. We have so many serial killers and we've got so many characters because aside from the six main characters you're meeting all these random people throughout the course of the night you've got all these celebrity cameos popping in and out and you've got the cops who are on the case because there's been a murder elsewhere in town that's going to lead you know whatever but there's some editing problems here you know there'll be a point where one of the main characters is being chased and that scene will cut in the middle of the chase and then we'll go for a long scene with the police folk you know a good three four five minute scene and then when you cut back to the chase all tension has been diffused if there was any tension whatsoever and in regards to the killers themselves you don't spend a lot of time with them either i mean you got a great character actor like clint howard with very little screen time at all, which is just wasteful. For the most part, you spend the majority of your time with the preacher, which I get. He's the most verbal. He is also, therefore, the most interesting. He's got at least some psychological games that he's playing. Not as much as I would like. Not in the way that I would like. But that's there. You spend a lot of time with the wrestler whose name was bradford by the way so <laughs> long time listeners know why that's funny oh bradford would be killing people with his internal gas but that's not the point right now but the majority of the time you spend with stitch face who unfortunately is incredibly uninteresting because what's more boring than Sherry Moon Zombie and her tired, kind of contrived, one-note depiction of madness and, and the killer attitude. What's more boring than that? I'll tell you. Somebody imitating Sherry Moon Zombie. The Stitch Face character is kind of a cross between every Sherry Moon Zombie villain ever with a like really bad cosplay Harley Quinn, and it just doesn't work. So as a result, the killers are run all one note. The major characters are all pretty much one note, except, you know, they're all working from the same joke book. And so I just don't care. However, I did like the the police chief, the woman who plays the police chief. Her character has some depth, has some gravitas. Her investigation, while it keeps cutting into the major play of what's going on at the funhouse, is at least an interesting journey until she figures out what's going on at the funhouse, arrives with her deputy and doesn't call for backup actively says i'm not calling for backup there's hundreds of people with their lives in peril who are dead injured need medical assistance 
Six possible psychotics on the loose, and you're going in with two people? You and one other dude? What? And the other dude, the deputy, who I believe is the director as well, is the sadly the worst offender of the one-liners. Where this movie completely lost me. They arrive at the carnival scene. There are bodies everywhere. Mutilated bodies strewn everywhere on this carnival midway. And the deputy's comment is, oh, these games look really fun. I'm out. I'm done. In order for horror comedy to work, there has to be some kind of realism in there somewhere. You know, you have comedy. For comedy to work, you either have serious characters in a hilarious situation or comic characters in a serious situation. And this tries to... I don't know. It just just doesn't work. And I did want to like this. And it breaks my heart. There was a great setup here. But there comes a point where I would think you have to ask yourself, okay, do we really need a joke here? Do we need a joke at all? Can humor be found in another way? Because unfortunately here, the humor, for what it is, becomes self-indulgent very quickly to the detriment of the overall film. And that's really sad because they did have a cool idea. If they had focused more on scaring me and then finding the humor through that, but they didn't. So here we are. Here we are in the poop house. The poop house massacre. That would be that would be a terrible movie that no one would ever watch. Let's forget I ever said such a thing. What is the matter with you? Oh my lord. They do try to bring in this element that I think is interesting in this kind of a movie when it is a horror movie set at a haunting attraction, a haunted attraction. The blurring between reality and fantasy of the house and the reality of the horrible things that are really going on there combined with the crowd's reaction to that, how the crowds can mistake things for, you know, seeing real crimes and thinking it's fake or encouraging that sort of thing. There's some scenes early on when the funhouse first opens when you're seeing rando clients walking through the building and people are getting killed. There's some... genuinely funny stuff. People's reaction to their friends being killed, being all stupid, like, oh my god, my friend just got killed at the haunted house! Hashtag best haunted house ever! Hashtag longest hashtag ever! That kind of thing is funny because it's situational humor and not flat-out jokes. As the movie progresses, you're starting to get more and more commentary on, like, aren't you sick? Aren't you sick for watching this? Look at you watching me do this. What's the matter with you sick, sick people? You call us crazy, but you're the ones lining up to see this gory, perverse attraction. Okay, you can get to do that once, maybe twice, but the third or fourth time they're pulling this particular thread, I kind of have to say, you do realize that we're paying to see your movie right now. You know, you're, you're, you're now starting to pick on your audience too much. Yes, turn the mirror on me once or twice. Make me take a good look at myself for enjoying this kind of thing. Cool. But after a while, I'm going to take the mirror and I'm going to smash it over your face, okay? I'm going to smash it over your face head. That's what I'm going to do. It's kind of what I wanted to do. And then, no, well, let's make a joke about it and defuse the situation. Oh my god. What are you doing? What are you doing, people? I was checked out long before the Funhouse Massacre was over. Now, here's the thing. 
I think had I seen it with a group of people, or had I seen it at a convention like Horror Hound or, or you know any of those other ones, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But however, sitting at home by myself, being me, this one just skated right by me. So while my initial comments on Facebook about the movie might have been a bit harsh, I said, you know, hey, don't wait for my review. Just skip this one. I'm going to backpedal a little bit. You know, if you're at a Halloween party and you don't have to pay that much attention, it's probably a lot of fun. But if you're actually going to sit there and try to put these pieces together, the jigsaw puzzle never comes together. And since there's no tension, when it was the final battle, we were halfway through the final battle before I realized, oh, this must be the final battle. I guess it's happening now? This is how it's going down? Okay. Now, I know the folks over at Bloody Good Horror, they have a problem with guns in horror movies, and this is an example of why they're kind of lame, since most of the psychos get taken down with guns instead of some kind of spectacularly ironic thingamaboo. But, again, that's me being hypercritical, but that is my job here at Scream Queen's headquarters. So, now, the Funhouse Massacre. You could do worse, but they could have done a hell of a lot better. So that's going to wrap up this little mini-episode. I will see you guys tomorrow with another Halloween Countdown bonus episode. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at no tiara for you and as Scream Queens. There's so much going on, and if you're enjoying what's going on this Halloween season, by all means, head on over to the webpage, www.screamqueens.com. Hit the donate button and help the show out. This has been a lot of work. I'm loving every second of it, but my God, my eyes are bleeding from all these hours of editing and watching movies, whether they be good or whether they be bad. But I do it because I love you. Ah, love stinks. Yeah, yeah. All right. So until next time, my beautiful beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place and remember the scream queen's golden rule fight or flight survive the night make it to the final reel baby oh yeah Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. 